Are you thinking about a cruise to Alaska next year? Join us as we do a review of Princess Cruise Lines in Alaska. And as always, folks, if you enjoy this content, please like, subscribe, and turn on all notifications to get notified each time we post. Joining me today for our review of Princess Cruises are Rich and Linda Skinner, owners of Cruise Holidays of Woodenville, located in Kirkland, Washington. Rich and Linda and their team of experienced travel advisors have been providing luxury cruise vacations and vacations for satisfied guests in and around Washington and across the country since 2001. Hi, folks. Welcome back to RTE Travel Talk. Hi. Greetings, Ken. Good to see you, Ken. Uh, it's great to have you back with us. So, listen, folks. There's a cruise line out there that we here at RTE Travel Talk have never had a chance to sail on. And that's Princess Cruise Lines. Now, I happen to understand that you have just returned from Princess. Why don't you tell our viewers and listeners, listeners where you went and what ship you're on? Linda? Well, we went to Alaska, which is um, a great place to cruise. And we were on Princess and the Majestic Princess. Well, and she was pretty majestic. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Well, there you go. Alaska happens to be another place that we have never been to. Oh, oh. wow. You've got to go, Ken. Got to go, gotta yeah. Go. That's well, that sounds do. like a plan. Yeah. Why don't you give us a quick recap of your cruise, how you found Princess, what was the Majestic Princess like? Well, let me tell you a little bit about the ship itself just to get started. It was a it's part of the royal class uh, of princess ships, which is their newest class. Okay. It was built in 2017 in Italy, like all of their ships are. And it was purpose built for the Chinese market. It was going to be stationed in Shanghai. Okay. So when you go on the ship, you'll see certain things like there's a Chinese restaurant instead of an Italian restaurant. There's furniture that looks, but the most funny thing was, a lot of the signage had both Chinese characters in English, and the passengers would say, "Why is all that in Chinese?" <laughs> so they didn't, the princess didn't didn't really explain much about what happened because right. it's in 2017. Obviously, the timing was a little off, and yeah. by you know the end of 2018, it was pretty much there was not going to be any more China market or Orient market for a while. So sure. uh, they took the ship out of service, and you know, and essentially decided to move it to doing Alaska service in the summertime and then do Mexican Riviera in the, the rest of the year with the ship. So okay. they, they redid the destination for the ship and, and, and just put it in there. I don't think they made many changes on board. It didn't look to me like there was. In fact, it was funny in the casino. Some of the slot machines were in Chinese characters. You couldn't tell what they were, but it was kind of a, kind of just part of the part of the deal. Went along with it. But it's a it made, it's it a made medium it kind of fun. Yeah, know, yeah. To have that. It was like really like yeah. a little bit of an international touch to it. Yeah, a little it's bit a of international flavor. It's a medium large ship. It's about 143,000 tons. It's got about 3,560 passengers and. 1300 crew interesting 81% of the staterooms are balconies so obviously it was built for people who wanted to have balcony accommodations uh, it's also a ship that uh, is not as big as the biggest guys but it's still pretty good sized it has yeah. 19 decks so I mean it's pretty 
it's pretty large and has a lot of things going on for it because of that. So, and I guess about, I'd say about 3,000 people were on board when we were doing our trip. Uh, the ship was pretty full. Yeah. But did it feel crowded? It it never did feel crowded. No. Yeah. Um, no, there was always space in the showroom and there was always the restaurants yeah. were always available and those kinds of things. So no, I didn't really feel like it was jam No, it didn't. Uh, as a matter of fact, the only time that you realize there were a lot of people is at one of our stops. We had incredible weather and that was right. in, in Juneau. It was like in the 80s and oh, people wow. were swimming in the pool, the Calypso music was going and i said to rich i said are we in alaska or the caribbean (laughs) (laughs) and there were a lot of people out at the pool you know it was just it it felt like a great party you know it was oh sounds like a great time what was included as part of this cruise well in our case we opted to take the premium drinks package which is which princess offers and it allows you essentially two of the uh, dining room experiences, the extra cost dining rooms. It also gave us a premium level beverage package. It gave us internet. It gave us the also the gratuities for the uh, for the staff. So it was a very nice package, and I highly recommend mm-hmm. that people consider doing that as as far as doing it. Because if you're like me and you're kind of particular about what kind of wine you like to have, they have the better quality wine on that premium package versus the basic package which is just generic and they had good wines it was it was we were actually surprised about that that they had uh very nice wines available on that premium package oh grand so and they had a nice wine bar where you know you could go have not just at the dining room but a nice a nice glass of wine in the evening or afternoon or something like that excellent and obviously going with a package gives you more control of what your overall cost is going to be because you, you kind of yeah. know up front yeah. exactly as opposed exactly. to st- sticker shock on at the end of the cruise exactly and, and one of the things that that what set him princess apart is the medallion program it looks like this it's a little magnetic disc okay and uh, they give it to you in a lanyard we opted to buy bracelets that went along with it they were about 12 dollars. but that technology is new technology and it is pretty terrific i mean it opens the door when you approach it you can order things on it it enters you into contests it uh, you can set up dining times you can you can do all kinds of things with it in there. You can even charge things ashore if you want to using the chip. You, so you it, play it, in the casino with it. That's what yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. It 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 pretty much is your pass to all of the wonderful things of Princess Cruising. <laughs> yeah, so no, so no more sporting around with a key card for the room or. No. Yeah, everything's done the through only that down, the only downside is people of a certain age i'm raising my hands uh <laughs> they have a little bit of a challenge with it as they had a special tutorial section <laughs> session early on in the cruise and they set up for about 50 and about 150 people showed up all of that particular age and it became chaos and so finally the presenter just said no wait a minute i'll talk to each individually yeah so you can <laughs> know how to use it so 
Anybody who uses a QR code and when they go to Starbucks, they'll have no problems whatsoever. But those of us who pay cash, we get big problems. So uh, I, I found it. I found it stupendous because yeah. I'm a yeah. techie and yeah. I just I loved it. So tell me about your um, room. Did you have a veranda? Obviously, we did. We had the opportunity to upgrade from a veranda stateroom to a mini suite. Okay. And we took that opportunity. I told Rich that was the best decision he ever made because we <laughs> walked into our room and I was like, wow, this is a nice room. And actually the ship was extremely beautiful. It was very, very clean and everything looked new. It didn't look worn at all, you know, and I've been on some ships where I go, oh, you know, this is looking a little sad in the teeth. Not so with the Majestic Princess. It was in really good shape. And the room was just really beautiful with a nice balcony. We were on the 12th floor. And I have to say, I just have to say to everyone, if you are going to Alaska, you have to have a balcony. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, just do not, because I would, we would have times that we would be sailing into someplace and I'd get up in the morning and I'd look out and I'd go, whoa. And as a matter of fact, I have a picture of a, of a sunrise going into, you know, Juno, and it was just absolutely spectacular. And I spent so many times running out on the balcony in my pajamas going, Bitch, you've got to come out here. Look at this. <laughs> and, and you know, if we hadn't had that balcony, uh, we wouldn't have missed that particular experience, you know. Just those special moments. Those special yeah. moments. And, it I mean, it is worth, if you're even close to having the budget for it, you know, save up so you can do that. Have those yeah. balconies for Alaska. It's, it really, you're doing a lot of cruising where you're looking at things going by on the land. Right. And my second tip is bring binoculars. Okay. You really need binoculars. And if you are like us, you both need your own set. <laughs> <laughs> you just have, you know, you see bear, you see all of the different animals, you see the sea otters, you see, I mean, it's all right there. You know, you're just floating through it. You know, you want to see them close up. So Bring those binoculars. When you're cruising through those areas, how far from shore would you be? Probably a quarter of a mile. I mean, when we were at uh, uh, Hubbard Glacier, which was absolutely spectacular, we got very lucky. It was a beautiful day and it was calving and it was just spectacular to see. It's 60 miles across. And and we got probably within a quarter mile or so of the face of the, of the ship. You could take a shore excursion in a small boat that brought you up much closer if you wanted to do that. But we saw a lot of a lot of glacier, and I think maybe even in Glacier Bay, we probably were within a quarter mile of the of the face of the glacier. Yeah, so. we we went around in Glacier Bay National Park is really a full day cruising experience. You're you're cruising through. It's not just like you're going up to a glacier. There are several glaciers there. Uh, there's islands that you're cruising around. It's a beautiful national park. And we were very fortunate because it was pristine weather. The water was glass. It was just so, so smooth. They have a ranger on board that's giving you blow-by-blow -blow commentary right. 
of what's going on. And again, there we were with our balcony, it would get pretty crowded in the areas where people were standing up to the deck. So on our balcony, we had our own private viewing area. Right. Exactly. So in terms of itinerary, what exactly were the ports along the way? Well, we started in Whittier and that was, we flew to Anchorage and started in Whittier. Okay. And, and then we, uh, from there we had a sea day, which I love sea days and I love having the first day be a sea day (laughs) because you really get to know the ship. And then the next two days we went Hubbard Glacier, the, Mm -hmm. the third day, then we went Glacier Bay the next day. And so those were three at sea days kind of in a row, which when you're doing those glaciers, you just feel like you're on a shore excursion on the boat. Princess had a great commentator on board who was taking us through, did sessions about Alaska and what was going on that you could go attend lecture sessions. And then he did narratives. Every place we went told us the history. So if if you were on your balcony how did you hear the narrator you have your door open yeah and there it's broadcasting on the tv right inside your door oh okay from the bridge yeah yeah Mm -hmm. oh excellent excellent after that our next our first actual stop was icy straight and quite honestly that was one of my favorite stops. I love Icy Strait. It feels like Alaska before Alaska had so many people coming. It's what, just a what, they, what they've done is the, the local indigenous peoples have taken an old salmon cannery and have repurposed it to be a, a tourist area with shops and restaurants and and they've also built the world's longest zip line that goes up the top of bluff that's probably 2,000, 3,000 feet in the air for, for the for those strong of heart and wish to do that. But they a also have a gondola. Yeah, they have a gondola that there's a free gondola that goes from one end to the other end, and there's a gondola that goes up the hill. So there's really quite a bit of things to do. But for us, the most important thing about that stop was we get to walk into the town of Huna. Linda, tell them about Huna. Well, Huna is just this very beautiful little village when you get there, it's it's not a metropolis. It's pretty rural, you know, it's pretty rugged, but it's just what you know Alaska is like. We put about 18,000 steps on our pedometer that day. <laughs> and we walked along the beautiful bay, watching the seals. And we didn't see the whales this time there, but lots of eagles, lots of seals, lots of stuff going Honors. on as we're walking in. And they've made a very nice walking path to go all the way to Huna from there. And, and benches along the way if you need to sit down. You know, it's just... A community being a community. We met uh, one of the indigenous people who ran had a shop and just t- spoke to him. And I got my uh, special T-shirt. I have to stand up so you can see my T-shirt if I can get in here. Uh, whoop! I'm always there, there. You go. There we go. Ah. Got my e. My got my and I got my special T-shirt and my special hat and everything there. Um, just great. 
a great place. Wonderful, wonderful. After Icy Straits, we went to Juneau, which is the capital of Alaska. And we did a we did something unusual we've never done before. We did a self-guided tour that was on tape, you know, so we could listen to it and, and walk around and, and see the city and learn the history of the city because we'd been to Juneau several times before. Right. Mm -hmm. So one of the highlights of Juneau is Mendenhall Glacier, which is a little bit of a trip out of town, but almost everybody does that because there's a natural interpretive center there that is really good. And right. uh, it's it's one of the highlights. There's also a, a, a big gondola that goes up to the top of Mount Juneau right from the dock. It's a little pricey, but it's still, if it's a nice day, it's a really great trip to do that thing. So in Juneau, we, we had a chance to kind of tour around and look and see what was going on and got to sample the local coffee store, which was very good. And really uh, Linda good. got to go to one of the one of the indigenous people's stores and it was had some really interesting things there. So it was it was a fun day for us to kind of just kind of cool it and 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 look at and see it and enjoy all of Juneau. So what was, was after good. Juneau? The next day was Ketchikan. And in Ketchikan, we did also something we hadn't done before. We signed up for a photo tour where the guide was teaching us how to use our cell phone cameras. Uh, to do photography in nature, as well as showing us all the salmon spawning and the history of June of Ketchikan, which has Creek Street, which was the red light district uh, for, for Ketchikan back in its wild and crazy days. And you could see all of the salmon spawning up the stream and the seals coming and eating the salmon and, and amazing things. But we learned, Linda especially learned a lot about uh, photography there. She was able to take some great totem pole pictures and and some of the other kinds of natural things that were there and i think we learned a lot about it and that was really really kind of good that we had, were able to get it was kind of like an instructional deal as well as a you know as well as a touring deal so it was really kind of fun it so was like great. A, a twofer you get yeah. you get yeah. instruction on your technology and yeah. great scenery and a tour all at the same yeah. time we even Absolutely. got to go to the to the Ketchikan Library. I had never been to the Ketchikan Library. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic! So, so highly recommended then. Yes, yes, it was a great tour. It was a great. The tour. Ketchikan is a small place, and when you have four or five ships in there, it can be a little overwhelmed. Right. Because yeah. you, when you have ten thousand people or twelve thousand, whatever it was in there, it's not. It doubles the population for two hours, so you can yes. see that some of the things can be a yeah. little crowded. So, yes, just I, so everybody's aware of that. When you get in, there's a lot of ships there. It's, it's you need to work kind of work around the crowded conditions. Right. It was nice because we had the tour all arranged ahead of time. You know, so he came and picked us up and. We kind of missed the crowds that way. He kind of kept us in areas that weren't quite as crowded, or he he must have known when the big tours were coming in because we we most of our places we didn't run into a big crowd. So this tour was it through Princess or was it one that you did on your own? This is one that uh, I did on my own. I bought it through Viator. Okay, so some that that can that can be worthwhile then. Yeah. Yes. Oh, great. You just and have to be careful when you're doing that that you have a reputable tour company that will get you to your ship on time. And right, that's where it helps to have a travel advisor in your corner. Exactly. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After Ketchikan, we went to 
day at sea. And then we landed in Vancouver. Right on, right on. Yeah. So we had, we got off the ship, but actually our disembarkation went really smoothly. Very smooth. Definitely princess knows what they're doing when they're getting you on and off the boat. <laughs> it, it was a smooth disembarkation. We just got off, got our luggage. We had a transfer on bus from uh, Vancouver back to SeaTac, where we had left from. We just got on our bus and drove easy back. Peasy. And Yeah, easy peasy. We had a little bit of a delay at the border with checking the bus through right. customs. But, you know, that's just part of what goes on. You know, if you look at if you look at cruising, I've always put Princess in with the premium cruise lines and included in there's Holland America and Celebrity. So right. I think those are the Glen like the three, big three, and especially in Alaska, because Princess has such a great infrastructure inland in Alaska and Denali mm -hmm. and other places with trains and buses and and lodges and things that that's a big plus. And if somebody's coming from Florida or Australia or whatever it is, they want to see the interior of Alaska as well. So Princess is always a very good choice if you're going to do that interior yeah. tour as yeah. well as the cruise. Yeah. A good portion of our ship that got on in Whittier, we flew from Seattle up and got on the ship. But a good percentage of the people who were on that ship were actually coming from land tour. Can you talk about using a travel advisor? A travel advisor is going to tell you, if you're going to do an inland tour of Alaska, do it first. Go fly up there, do the land portion before you get the pampering of the cruise portion. Uh, if you do it the other way around, you're used to the cruise and then you have to get off and kind of rough it a little more on the land portion. So it really is our advice if you can arranged to have a southbound cruise as opposed to a northbound cruise on that. So there, right on. there's one tip. So do we always offer do the, people. If you're doing a cruise tour, do the land first. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Makes a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. And then you can really, you're really having a, a relaxing. So you arrive home a little more relaxed and yeah. not so tired, you know, because there's so much to see on the land, you don't want to miss anything. So you don't want to take naps. Because of that, I think the mix of people on our ship were a little different than it might be if it was just a cruise from Seattle okay. up and back, you know, and so you have we had a, uh, a lot of what I would call really active people, uh, okay. because they had been doing a lot of hiking and walking and you know, those kinds of things. And a lot of uh, teenagers, family with teenagers. In terms of families, it good for families, uh, but perhaps a little bit more for the older, older kids. You're probably going to have uh, mostly, you know, teen people that you would like, well, like you would take to Disneyland, you know, th right, right. that yes. they, they can yeah. go on the tours with you and they, yes. you know, that age group. Princess yeah. does an interesting thing for their children's program. They have worked out a deal with the Discovery Channel and they do a discovery program where they do a lot of, you know, soft science and fun kinds of things for mm -hmm. the age group from about age five through 17. And it really is, it's, it's a good program for people who do have kids and want to have something to have the kids do while mom and dad are off doing something else. Great. Yeah, we walked by one of the children's things and and there was there was lots of activity going on. You could tell they were having a blast. You know? <laughs> it 
was, you know, so they had a good program for it. It's a good family experience. Yeah. Alaska, the whole thing in Alaska is. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Your weather was great from what I understand. Yes. Yeah. Any special packing tips if you're preparing for an Alaska cruise? Yeah. <laughs> Linda. <Yes. laughs> well, my packing tip is you need from, you could have, 40 degree weather or you'll have to change that to the <laughs> celsius fahrenheit 40 degree to 80 degree when we arrived in whittier and when we got on the ship it was 50 and rain and we're thinking this is going to be a rainy cruise right and we woke up the next morning to the foghorn sounding on the ship and i looked out and there was a dense pea soup fog yeah. that we were in. And uh, being from Northern California and being around the San Francisco Bay Area, I said to Rich, I said, I think it's going to be a sunny day because of that fog. Because <laughs> <laughs> everything was. was just quiet. And yeah. pretty soon the fog burns off and we start to see sun and blue sky. And it was absolutely beautiful. And then we had great weather, but we'd have fog at night. <laughs> you would be susceptible to a lot of fog with the rapid changes in temperature yes. from day to night. Yes, exactly. That, that's yeah. what causes it. It's so crazy. You just have to pack for anything. Right. Because you do not know. You you know, I don't care if you go in May or September or any time in between. In Alaska, the weather she is fickle. And you just, you know, they were predicting rain the whole time we were there. Right. And we never, we got it the first day and that was it. The key to packing is layers. And so you yeah. really need to have layers up and down because you don't know what you're going to need. Rain gear, good walking shoes. Absolutely. So if you had yeah, to do As a it matter of fact, I'll tell a story on myself. I did not bring a heavy enough coat. I was planning to bring my Irish raincoat and I forgot it. And so... After that first day, and we we sailed away, the shops put their nice coats on sale. And so I bought myself one of the nice raincoats because uh, I thought, oh, this is just going to be bad. I need to have yeah. a raincoat. I wore it one time. <laughs> well, there you go. What you, what, what you did is you bought weather insurance. The minute you bought yes. that coat, no rain. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Well, it looks like you had an absolutely wonderful time. Yeah. Alaska is certainly a fascinating place with all the wildlife and the scenery. Oh, Where, it's beautiful. Yeah. Where are you guys off to next? Well, wow. we hope. We haven't got it finalized yet, but it looks like we're going to do Christmas in on the Danube. Oh, fantastic. Looking forward to hearing all about that. If yeah. you if if we get that finalized. Well, folks, that's really great information. If folks want to find out more information about Alaska or another cruise vacation with you folks, how would they do that? Give us a call at 425-487-4001. You'll see, you'll see uh, that information there, or um, you can send to info at luxuriant.com or just look us up on the website. Perfect. Perfect. Sounds like a plan. Once again, Linda and Rich, this has been very informative. Um, hey, what's this I hear about the love boat coming back to TV? <laughs> hey! well, I'm going to tell you a funny story. Okay. We're departing from Juneau, 
and you know the the ship always plays its horn after when it's departing port. They played the theme from the Love Boat on the ship's horn. Oh wow, <laughs> the old one, the one that we and all. And this grew is up where with. we were having the party out at the pool. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, this fall there's going to be a new one. I, you know, I it sounds a little bit like the Bachelor and the dating game, kind of the, some of that kind of stuff. So I don't think you're going to see Captain Stubing and Gopher and Julie and that kind of stuff. But it's still, hey, many people say that the original Love Boat series kicked off the current boom in the cruise vacation, and yeah. I can't argue with that because it. Got a lot of people's interest going. And on that note, one of our subscribers has reached out to us. And we're going to have him on a future episode. Because this particular gentleman actually was crew on the original Love Boat. Oh. So maybe you and Rich would like to join us for that episode. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Love to. Yeah. <laughs> we can have a little fun reminiscing about, about the old times on the Love Boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's excellent, folks. And with that, I'm just going to wish the both of you smooth sailing. May the wind always be at your back. And I hope to see you on the Love Boat Lido deck sometime soon. Sounds good. Absolutely. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that about wraps it up for today, folks. A very special thanks to my guests. Rich and Linda Skinner of Cruise Holidays of Woodenville. If you'd like to reach Rich or Linda, I'll leave their contact information in the description. If you'd like to reach us, simply send a question to questions at realtravelexperts.com, visit our website, realtravelexperts.com, or simply leave a comment. We always respond. Next week, we are winging our way off to Egypt and Jordan to discover the secrets of the Nile. Next week's show will be a behind-the-scenes look at RTE Travel Talk. And the week after that, we hope to have some content for you from the ancient world of Egypt and Jordan. So you can look forward to that. So until next time, folks, here's a wish for you for safe and happy travels. We look forward to coming to you from Egypt and Jordan. And as always, a like, subscribe, and a ring of the bell is certainly appreciated. It helps us to spread the word. <laughs>